Amen. I love to be where Jesus is. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Feeling his presence. Amen. Say, well, what is all this clapping and hollering and shouting and all that? I'm telling you, this is how the church started. It was on a day called Pentecost. And when they got the Holy Ghost, they got so much Holy Ghost, they thought they were drunk. Amen. If you've never experienced the Holy Ghost, you may think people are being disrespectful to the house of God, but they didn't even know where they were at on that day. <laughs> Amen. I pray that before this day's over, you get the same way they got. You don't know where you're at. We'll carry you to the car. Amen. Praise God. Amen. If you got your Bibles, I'm going to read a couple of scriptures from Psalms 118. That I'm going to read from Ephesians 2, Psalms 118 and Ephesians 2. Thank the Lord for a screen that they can put it up there faster than you can find it probably. Amen. Praise God. The Bible said in the 21st verse, I will praise thee for thou hast heard me and art become my salvation. The stone, everybody say the stone, which the builders refused is become the head stone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. The one that was rejected, the Bible said, he has been made the head of the corner. And it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> when your eyes get open to this, it's a wonderful thing. Ephesians 2 and 19. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God and are built upon the foundation. Everybody say upon the foundation. Of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief corner stone. Amen. He is the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Amen. God wants to habitate this place today. Amen. Through His Spirit. Amen. Through truth. God's looking for Worshippers that'll worship him in spirit. Amen. With their spirit, they'll give it all. Amen. But not only just their spirit, but they'll worship him in truth. Amen. When they start preaching Acts 2.38, I wonder if you still know how to clap your hands. Hallelujah. Say thank you, Jesus. And they begin to preach about holiness. I hope you still know how to clap your hands to truth and say we want it we need it we gotta have it hallelujah everybody clap your hands to the Lord together thank you Jesus I want to preach for just a little while from this title the chief cornerstone amen you can be seated thank you for standing amen everybody say chief cornerstone amen the new testament church is a Described as a building that is fitly framed together. 
Amen. Fitly framed together. Amen. In order to build a building, you start out with raw material. You start out with two by sixes that are different lengths and and come from different stacks and different forests. But you take the raw materials and the first thing you, you do is you begin to cut away the parts of it that aren't needed for the building. Well, praise God. I didn't think y'all would jump up and down. Amen. The first thing that happens when the building is built is if the wall's going to be 10 foot and the board is 10 and a half foot, that means a half foot's got to be cut out in order for it to work in the building. Amen. I, I don't know where the church came to the point to where you could just be what you are and live what you are and stay what you came. I'm telling you, that's not the building I'm going to be a part of. I said, that ain't the building I'm going to be a part of. The building I'm a part of, when I came to the church, he said, you got to get rid of some things. If you're going to be in this church, you got to get rid of some things out of your life. You want to be in the kingdom of God, you got to allow him to cut some bitterness out of your spirit. Uh, cut some ungodliness out of your being. Well, praise God, praise God. Amen, don't ever run from the cutting. Amen, the cutting is what's getting you to what you need to be to be in the building. Well, do we got anybody interested in the framing of the building of the church of the living God today? <laughs> Hallelujah. And then after it's cut, then it's got to be placed. Praise God. Amen. Did you know the two before doesn't tell the builder where it's going to work? Amen, the two by six don't tell the builder, I'll stand over there and I'll hold up that side or I'll sing that song or I'll play that. Other than that, I'm going somewhere else. No, if you're gonna be part of the building of the church of God, you say, I'm here and you place me where I need to be placed, God, and I'll hold up what needs to be held up. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. And then it's got to be fastened. Praise God. Amen. He said, I'll fasten them like a nail into a sure place. Amen. People don't mind holding up things when they feel like it. But it's different when they get the understanding God's wanting to take a nail and Well, I'm not looking for anywhere else to go to church today. You know what I'm looking for? I'm looking for God to get me more attached to where I'm at. Well, I feel like preaching to the church today. You know what's going to take us to the promised land? is people that are willing to get under the load. I'm really not even preaching yet. I'm just getting you set up for what I'm going to preach about. And then after they put a nail 
the builder puts a nail through you after he cuts you and places you and puts a nail through you. And then he begins to brace you to the other parts of the building. Praise God. It don't matter how wonderfully built a rafter is built. If you set it up on the roof and you never tie anything to it, it ain't going to last. Praise God. Heard people say, well, I, I would go to church there, but that so-and-so goes there. So I can't go to church there. What you're saying is you're not very bright. You, do, you don't understand how buildings come together. Because when you get put in place, the next thing that happens is something gets put on you. You get connected to the next board. Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Amen. From the Psalms, we see the prophecy that this headstone, which was Jesus, would be rejected or he would be refused by some people. And then when you begin to read in Ephesians, we see in the writing of Paul to the church that this chief cornerstone, Jesus, was going to be accepted by some. He was going to be rejected by some, and he was going to be accepted by some. Amen. So throughout history, some have accepted the gospel, and some have rejected the gospel. Hey man, I'm not here to cry bitter tears over who didn't like it. I'm looking for somebody hungry today. I said I'm looking for somebody thirsty today that says, tell me about this cornerstone. Tell me what it's going to take to be saved. I want to grow in God today. Amen. But everybody say it's a decision that you have to make. Man, history will decide whether you chose the right thing or you did not. Amen. The people that said I'll never get connected or I'll never allow anything to be cut out of my life or I'll never allow myself to be fastened. Well, the people that rejected the cornerstone History will describe who made it, who's in that book, and who got blotted out. I'm telling you, I refuse to be blotted out. If I got to put my feelings on a shelf somewhere, if I have to go back to another prayer meeting, if I've got to change my lifestyle, change where I go, what I do, what I say, Come on, has anybody got their mind made up today? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Why is it so important? I'll tell you why it's so important. Because it's not a temporary win or loss. You don't pick sides and you get a, a corruptible crown. We're not chasing corruptible trophies corruptible badges we, we won first place what we're, what we're chasing after is going to be eternal I said it'll be eternal whether you spend eternity with your children in hell 
Are you spending eternity with your family and your friends on a street of gold? Hey, somebody needs to get their mind made up. I'm getting my feelings on my shoulder and I'm on... I'm putting my side on heaven and I'm going to go. Come on, let's love Jesus right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, the headstone or the chief cornerstone, it was the first block or the stone that was laid in a building. It was the very first one. And so this stone that was set that was a cornerstone it determined not only the level you were going to go it determined the direction you were going to go it determined whether you was going to be square or not everything that went into the building was based upon the setting of that cornerstone it don't matter if they was laying blocks or putting up wood it always had to line up with the cornerstone boy I feel enough Holy Ghost in this house right now hallelujah hallelujah this is how they built buildings in ancient days and Paul begins to tell us that the New Testament church is a building and Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone that means if it don't line up with Jesus if Jesus said except a man be born of the water and the spirit he can't enter into the kingdom of God if it don't line up with that it ain't the church of the living God Oh, hallelujah. Come on, somebody help me right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. He sets the direction of the church. Amen. Not the Pope. Not the President. Not William Branham. Not the Supreme Court. Not. Hey. Oh, I can't help it. I said I can't help it today. I got my eyes on Jesus. And I got the blinders on. Let this world be what it wants to be. Let them approve what they want to approve. Let them legalize what they want to legalize. But I got my eyes on the cornerstone. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands if you believe that. Hallelujah. 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 And so he says, the rest of the foundation is the prophets. Everybody say the prophets and the apostles. So Jesus marks the beginning spot of the church. And the prophets and the apostles make up the foundation. And you and I have to build on that foundation. Praise God. I don't care if an angel from heaven 
appears unto you preaching any other gospel. I said, I don't care if an angel from heaven appears to you preaching any other gospel. If an angel from heaven comes and tells you, you don't have to be baptized in Jesus' name, you tell him, be accursed. I got my eyes on the corner. I'm, I'm building my life on the cornerstone. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let me tell you something. You can only have one chief cornerstone. You can't have two of them. And you sure can't have three of them. I said there's only one chief cornerstone. If you got two, that would just get confusing. And if you had three, that would get real confusing. Uh, let me tell you who the author of confusion is. I don't even want to say his name. I'm glad y'all finished that for me. <laughs> to be a part of this building, this New Testament church, we've got to get in alignment with the words and the teachings of the chief cornerstone. For another foundation can no man lay than that which is laid. Anything else is you starting your own church. Anything else is called another Jesus. Not the biblical Jesus. Well, I want to get in alignment. Praise God. I woke up this morning wanting to get in alignment with him. Whatever he says, I, I, I want to say it. Whatever he thinks, that's what I want to think. I, I don't care if 99% of the world says something different than what he said. I hope you got enough gumption in you. Well, I hope you got enough Jesus in you that you'll turn your back on the world. The influence of family, the traditions of men, and get your eyes on the cornerstone. Hey, when family says, I don't think it takes all that, don't listen to family. Get your eyes on the corner. Say, did Jesus say it takes all that? Hallelujah. So what did Jesus say about himself? Mark 12 and 29, if you could put that up there real fast. Jesus answered, the first of all the commandments is here. Everybody say here. here. The very first part of the first commandment was you need to have an ear to hear what thus saith the word of God. First thing that's got to get cut out of you when you become a part of the building of the New Testament church is you got to get that deafness out of your ear that won't listen to nobody. That you're not going to tell me what to do. Well, praise God. That went over real well. 
Hear, Israel. You know who Israel is? The church. The Lord our God is one Lord. Now, if Jesus Christ said that there's only one God, I don't care what Constantine came up with. I don't care what the Council of Nicaea came up with. I don't care what the Catholic Church invented. If Jesus said, here, listen, O Israel, the Lord our God, I don't know about their gods, but our God is one. I'm going to preach to the church today. Matthew 28, 18, Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. First of all, Jesus said, there's only one God. And then he said, I've got all the power. Which means he's not in a power sharing agreement with anybody he said in John 10 30 I and my father are one John 14 and 9 he said he that hath seen me hath seen the father in John 8 and 58 he said verily verily I say unto you before Abraham was I am. Who are we talking about? Jesus. Where's that cornerstone? I about lost it right there. He said before Abraham was. Jesus said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. He said, All power is given unto me. He said, When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You know what he was saying is the show's over. He was saying, you ain't got to look anywhere else. Jesus said, I am the door. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. Jesus said, I am the vine. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. He said, I am the way. He said, I am the truth. I am the life. He said, I am Alpha. He said, I am Omega. He said, I am the beginning. He said, I am the ending, which was, which is, and which is to come. He said, I am the Almighty. He said, I am the Almighty. What are you lining up with today? What are you preaching today? You better get lined up with the chief cornerstone. Amen. He's not one of the people. I said he's not one of the people. In a people, God. I said he's not one of the people in a three people God. The Bible said he is the express image. The image. The image of the person of God. 
when you seen Jesus, you were looking at the person of God. He's not the vice president of a trinity. Uh, he is the chief cornerstone. Uh, he is the image. Uh, he said the rest of the foundation, I got to hurry. The rest of the foundation was the prophets and the apostles. So what did the prophets say? What did Moses say in Deuteronomy 6 and 4? Imagine this. Working on the same issue. Here, Israel, the Lord our God is one. What did Isaiah say in 43 and 10? This is the prophet, Isaiah. Everybody say, this is the prophet. The Bible said, Jesus is the chief cornerstone. And the rest of the foundation is the prophets and the apostles. This is the prophet Isaiah. You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed. Neither shall there be after me. You know what he's saying? When you get to the New Testament, there's not going to be another God. There sure ain't gonna be two more gods. Come on, what are we building on today? I'm building on the foundation of the prophets. He said, I, even I am the Lord. And beside me, beside me, you know what he was saying? On my right hand, or my left hand if I had a hand, if you ever see a spirit with a hand, let me know where it is. If you ever see a spirit with an arm, let me know what side it was on. Beside me, there is no Savior. He was saying, I'm going to be the Savior. The prophet Isaiah, the foundation of the church, was saying... I'm going to be the Savior. What else did Isaiah say? For unto us a child is born. This is a prophecy of the birth of Jesus Christ. Nobody argues this. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Praise God. He'll be called a son. But listen to what he actually is. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. That means he's going to have all power. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. The prophet is telling you that the baby that's going to be born in Bethlehem is going to be the mighty God. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, we're building on something good right now. We're building on a sure foundation. He said the baby would be the everlasting father. 
So he said he's going to be a son, but he's also going to be the father. (laughs) The baby would be the prince of peace. A prince is the son of a king, meaning he was going to be the father and the son at the same time. Hey, we're building on the prophets right now. The baby would be counselor, which means comforter. Which means Holy Ghost. Which means what happened to me a a long time ago at an altar. That's why Jesus said, I am with you, but I shall be in you. I'm walking with you, but there's going to come a day where I ain't going to be walking with you. I'm going to be in you. Oh, I feel the power of the Holy Ghost in this place. The rest of the foundation was the apostles. I could read a lot of scriptures, but for the sake of time, I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. This is the apostle James said this. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. That means you're doing right. But he act like it wasn't even a big deal. Because the devils believe that. And they're scared to death. You believe there's one God? You believe Jesus is his name? Congratulations. Even the devil has that figured out. And he trembles every time somebody comes to this front. And we begin to say in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. When the devil's got a hold of somebody's mind and the church begins to pray and they begin to use the name of Jesus. Jesus. In the name of Jesus, set them free. The devil begins to tremble because he knows there's power in that name. Come on, let's love him right now. So what Paul said to the church at Ephesus, there is one body. Amen, one body. That means there's only one church. I said there's one church. You can't say, well, I'm not really into that kind of church. I've got my own kind of church. Let me tell you, there's only one church. There's one body and there is one spirit. Capital S, spirit. This means there's not two. There's not one that's holy and then one that hangs out over here. There's not one that gets this one to do all the work for it. There's not one that tells this one to go overshadow Mary, but then calls himself the father. Everybody say there's one spirit. Even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, there is one Lord. There's one faith. Well, I don't believe it like that. We don't believe you got to do all that. We get, well, our faith is a little different. No, there's only one faith. I said there's only one biblical faith. There's one baptism. 
Well, it don't really matter how you baptize. Oh, yeah, it does. I said it really does. Because Jesus' name, baptism, is for the remission of your sins. And any other way is just getting wet. And you'll walk out with the same sins you walked out. Oh, I feel like preaching Jesus right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He said there's one God, Father of all, who is above all and through all. And in you all. Of course, he was writing this letter to a Holy Ghost filled church. If you ain't got the Holy Ghost in you, you need to get it in you. Hallelujah. But Paul says there's one God. John the Revelator, the apostle in Revelation 4 2, it said, And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. Can you imagine a power sharing deal where you only get, you only get to sit on the throne one third of the day? And then you clock out and the other spirit comes and sits down. Then you clock out and the other, the sun one comes. There was one that was sitting on the throne and the Bible records it in red letters when he said, I am Alpha. I am Omega. I am the beginning. I'm the ending. Amen. This is a fitting sermon today in a, in a world that don't understand pronouns. In a world that's really tripped out by pronouns, I'm going to tell you about pronouns today. He didn't say, we are Alpha. We are Omega. We are the beginning. He got his pronouns right that day when he said, "Ah, there's not another God beside me. If there is one, I don't know him. And if God don't know him, you don't have to worry about figuring it out either. Paul says to the Colossians, Beware. That's what you need to be afraid of. That any man spoil you. Not talking about how you spoil your grandkids. Talking about ruining you. Destroying you. Taking the good stuff away from you. Through philosophy. And vain deceit. Some of them are deceiving people on purpose. Some of them are nefarious. Some of them are ignorant. But it don't matter. You can't fall for it. He said after the tradition of men. Well, I would get baptized in Jesus' name. But you know, that just ain't how my grandpa did it. I tell you, your grandpa wasn't the chief cornerstone. I said your grandpa, your great. Oh, I feel resentment right now for some reason. Your spiritual cousin is not the... The one you think, no, 
knows the Bible so well is not the chief cornerstone. It is Jesus Christ. Oh, I feel like preaching to the church. He said, don't be, don't be ruined, don't be spoiled. After the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. For in him, everybody say in him. him. Not them, in him. In Christ dwelleth or lives or is housed or tabernacled. All, everybody say all. You know what that means in Greek? All. You know what it means in Hebrew? Oh, well, you are on this. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Hallelujah. Turn me down. Praise God. Amen. Why don't you lift your hands to the Lord right now? In the name of Jesus Christ. He shut up a hatayalabahosataya. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In him, in him, in Jesus dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Which means in that man that was walking through Nazareth, it was all in him. If it was deity, it was in him. If it was father, it was in him. If it was holy, it was in him. If it wasn't in him, it wasn't Godhead. What are you talking about? I'm talking about it's all in him. I said it's all in him. The Bible said, and ye are complete in him. Everybody say complete. Which is the head. He's the head of all principality and power. In Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ. Dwelled all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So how could it be that the Old Testament God says that he is one and that there is none beside him? Yet Jesus declares that he's God. Praise the Lord. How could the Old Testament declare that God was the creator? And the New Testament declares that Jesus created everything. Well, hallelujah. How could the Old Testament declare that God was the Redeemer and the Savior? And the New Testament would tell us that Jesus is the Redeemer and He's the Savior. How could the Old Testament tell us that God was the Shepherd? And Jesus would show up in the New Testament and say, I am the Good Shepherd. You know why they wanted to stone him now? He was saying, I am God. How could the Old Testament say God is king? 
and yet declared Jesus in the New Testament as Lord of Lords and King of Kings. How could the Old Testament say that God was the first and the last? And the New Testament say Jesus was the first and the last. How could God say to Moses, who do you say that I am? Just tell him, I am. When Jesus gets in the New Testament, he says, I am. Let me tell you something. The reason he produced so much hatred toward him is because they didn't get the revelation of who he was. How could the Old Testament say God is the rock? And Jesus in the New Testament say, I was the rock that followed them in the wilderness. It wasn't just a regular rock. This was a rock that was given water to the whole nation of Israel. How could the Old Testament say God is coming back for a people? And the New Testament declare that Jesus would come back for his bride. Oh, I love the word, don't you? I think Apostle Paul probably said it the best when he was talking to a young preacher named Timothy. No doubt Timothy might have asked him, what do I say when people ask me these questions? Paul simply says, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. A mystery in the Bible was something that used to be unknown, but now it has been revealed. It is without a doubt, he was saying, that our faith has some great revelations in it. And the greatest revelation is that God was manifest in the flesh. It was God that was justified in the spirit. It was God that was seen of angels. It was God that preached unto the Gentiles. And it was God that was believed on in the world and received up into glory. So how could you resolve all this? tell you how to resolve it flesh became no I'm tired it's time to eat spirit became flesh spirit became flesh the Bible said he made himself a no reputation the God the creator made himself of no reputation and took on the form of a man. And he didn't come like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Pretty face and pretty muscles. The Bible says he really wasn't nothing to look at. In as many words, he humbled himself, took on the form of a man, and the Bible said he laid down his own life. And the Bible says God bought the church with his own blood. 
Spirit don't have blood. Spirits can't bleed. No, they can't. That's why he became a man. And he bought the church. Boy, I'm happy today. John said it pretty good too. He said, in the beginning was the Word. Capital W, not just little w. And the Word was with God. And the Word was. The Greek word is theos. The Word was God of all. And the 14th verse says, and the Word became flesh. How do you reconcile all this? It's simple. God is a spirit. In order to give himself, he had to become flesh. So are you... See, people get all upset when they say, you're just Jesus only. What would you like to build on? If you were going to build your life, what would you want to build on? As for me and my house, we're going to build on the chief cornerstone. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord together. What makes this so beautiful, just remain standing with me. What makes this so beautiful today? Is that you don't have to worry about who to pray to. You don't have to worry about whose shift it is to sit on the throne. The throne represented power. Jesus was on the throne. You don't, you don't have to pray to a triune God and hope one of them answers. You'll know it's all in him. You don't have to pray to, I think some people just get confused and start praying to one of them's mom. That's true confusion. You don't have to pray to Jesus' mom. You don't have to pray to another saint. Matter of fact, you're mixed up in the head if you would. We Thank God for every saint that's gone before us. But I'm going to make it just like they made it. The way they made it was not looking at another saint. But they said, I'm going to build on the chief cornerstone. I'm telling you, you can build your life. You can build your life on Jesus. Somebody said, well, my life is in shambles. Everything's tore down. Well, good. That's a good place to start. Usually when it's like that, God ain't got to tear stuff down. If you have nothing in your life, if your life is a wreck, you're ashamed of the things that's happened, and you look and you may say, well, I... 
I'm a nobody. I have nothing. I can, I can do nothing. I feel like I don't even exist. Perfect. You're the perfect example. You're the perfect candidate. The one that feels like he's in the darkest trial. Finances upside down, embarrassed. Marriage messed up, embarrassed. Health messed up, embarrassed. All your pride tore away. Perfect. That's a great place to start building. Perfect. Perfect place to just put your life on the altar. Watch God do something beautiful. Come on, prayer warriors, help me pray right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, the Holy Ghost is here to help somebody. Come on, I feel it in the Holy Ghost. There's somebody who feels like you're on rock bottom. That's a great place. You feel like your life has been stripped away. That's a great place. You feel embarrassed of what you built and it failed. That's a great place. What a great start. What a great opportunity. What a great opportunity on a Sunday morning to just put what's left on the altar. Give it all to God. Start lining up with Him. Let Him set the direction. Let Him tell you which way to go. Let Him tell you which way to turn. Let Him order your footsteps. Come on, is there somebody in this house? Everybody. I think I preached to everybody today. Hallelujah. Amen. God is wanting to touch people. Come on, there's nobody in this room got anything to be ashamed of. We all started out the same foundation. The truth. Repentance. Jesus' name, baptism. And filling of the Holy Ghost. And life starts. The building starts. Creation starts. The work begins. Oh, God. I wish somebody would just come to this altar and say, God, you can work on me. I give you permission. I give you my all. God, I've made failures. I've made mistakes. Shortcomings. God, I want you. I want you to start building on me. I want you to build something beautiful. I want you to build a beautiful family. Oh, beautiful life, beautiful careers, beautiful things. Come on, as many as can come around the front, as many as can come, I want you to press your way through the crowd. Come on, the Holy Ghost has given me a word for this church. God is wanting to build.